Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus another mighty hand clap. Amen and amen. Lift up your hands unto the Lord, my friends. And I want you to pray for a few minutes. Just pray and ask God to touch your life today through his word. Pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to help you, to empower you, to direct you, to reveal himself to you this morning. Speak to the Lord right now, everybody, wherever you are, speak to the Lord. Speak to Father, we are grateful to you today. We ask in the name of Jesus that you will speak into our hearts and speak into our lives. We pray asking for your Holy Spirit to brood over us to have free cause amongst us, to help our infirmities, to reveal the Father and the Son unto us, and to glorify them in our lives today. Let your word come forth in strength, in power, and in clarity. And let your people be drawn closer to you through the hearing and through the adhering to your word. Thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice at this moment will be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. And let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Clap unto the Lord again. Awesome. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you glad to be here this morning? And why don't you look into the face of your neighbor? Tell your neighbor, I'm so glad you're in church. I'm glad that you're my neighbor. I'm happy that you're sitting by me. You make very good company. And I prefer you to everybody else. Because I know that you won't disturb me. You will not distract me. And I'll be able to concentrate on the word of God today. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap unto the Lord. Now this morning, I'm going to share with you a message I have titled, I Have No Man. I have no man. And I want you to turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 5. Reading from verse 1 to 9. The gospel according to St. John chapter 5. And we're reading from verse 1 to 9. And this morning, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Ask your neighbor, did you come to church with your Bible? So make sure you look into your Bible. You won't tell the person, 
Tell the person, look into your Bible. And read along with pastor. Amen. Amen. Now this passage of scripture that we are about to read. It's one of the most fascinating scriptures in the Bible. And the Bible says in verse 1 of John chapter 5. That after this there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. Which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Having five porches. Bethesda means house of mercy. Or house of kindness. May this church be a house of mercy. Amen. And may this church be a house of kindness. Amen. And when people come to this church, may they find mercy. Amen. And may they find kindness. Amen. May the house where you live in also be a house of kindness. Amen. When people are in trouble and they come knocking at your gate, do not pour water on them. Show them kindness. Amen. What should you pour on them? Kindness instead of what? Water. Instead of hot water. You've added hot to the water. Wow. It continues verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. Blind. Lame. Paralyzed. Waiting for the moving of the water. Verse number four. And I want to draw your attention to something here. If you're reading from some of the modern versions of the Bible, you will notice that verse 4 is not there. You will notice that verse 4 is not in your Bible if it's one of these modern Bibles. So you'll find it in the good news. You'll find it in the New Living Translation. You'll find it in the Bible in basic edition. You'll find it in the Message Bible. There's only a few Bibles that you'll find verse 4 in. Is there any reason why you have changed from where I asked you? Yeah, I've asked you to change to any other version. So what does it say in verse 4? It says, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, this is very fantastic. And I suppose that it sounds so fantastic that some of the translators of the Bible felt that it's not possible that something like that happened. So actually, in some of the earlier manuscripts of the Bible too, you will not find this verse in it. Because it sounds too amazing. And it sounds too good to be true. But I'm surprised that they couldn't relate with it. Because with God, nothing is impossible. 
So the story here is there was a pool, a swimming pool. It was shaped like a pentagon, had five sides. And the pool was called Bethesda. And the Bible says that at a certain time, an angel comes and steps into the pool and stares up the water. So you can see that here we are not told how many times the angel comes. But we can perceive that he comes at different times. And when he comes and stares up the water, the first person to jump in will be healed of whatever disease he or she had. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. The Bible didn't say that he was 38 years old. Neither did the Bible say that he laid at the pool for 38 years. But what the Bible is making us see and understand is that this guy had a problem, a sickness. He had been lame or crippled for 38 years. Apart from just giving us the facts, I believe that God always ensured that statements like this were spelled out clearly in his word. So that somebody can draw inspiration from it or somebody can be encouraged by reading such a verse that if somebody had been sick for 38 years then the problem that I have had for 3 years is not bad at all or this situation that I have battled with for five years is not bad at all. Have you realized that when you're going through something and you realize that somebody is going through something far worse than yours, it has a way of encouraging you. How many have, have seen that before? It's like you went to write an exam. Then when they gave you your results, you had 49%. And then when you looked at the paper, you said, oh, I said, oh 49? And then your best friend came by. You asked your best friend, what did you get? Sometimes behind the question is the hope that his grade was worse than yours. And so when you hear that he had 25%, a certain joy begins to flood your soul. And you tell yourself that 49% is not very good. But it is better than 25%. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to say something to you this morning. That you may be going through a difficulty in your life. You may be facing a crisis in your life. But always try to remind yourself that my situation may actually be better than somebody else's. So as you are crying that I don't have shoes. Somebody is crying that I don't have legs. As you are crying and saying I can't see well. 
Somebody else is saying, I am blind. As you are crying and saying, my salary is not a lot. Somebody is crying and saying, I wish I had one Keta schoolboy to eat my tenke with. I tell you, no matter how bad the situation you are going through, Always remind yourself that my situation is better than somebody else's. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It continues and says, verse 6, When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Look at it again. Verse 6. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. Now, Jesus did not only see him, but he knew exactly what he was going through. So he saw him. And he knew exactly what his problem was. Do you know that sometimes people see you. But they don't know what you are going through. They see you smiling about. But they don't realize the burden that you are carrying. And the troubles that you are going through. People see you and see you as a normal person. The way you've dressed, it's like you don't have any problems. But they don't know that when you leave church and go home, even what you will eat, it will take a miracle. So sometimes people see you but they don't know what you are going through. I am glad to inform you this morning that the God you serve and the God you've committed your life to, not only does he see you, but he sees every single situation that you are experiencing. And so he sees and he knows exactly what you are going through. May heaven take notice of you. Amen. I said, may heaven take notice of Amen. you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let there be a meeting in heaven concerning you. Amen. And let a decision be taken in the corridors of heaven. Amen. Concerning you. Amen. That something should be done about your situation. Amen. About your problem. Amen. About your difficulty. Amen. About your struggle. Amen. About your pain. Amen. About your sorrow. Amen. About your rejection. Amen. About your heartache. Amen. May there be a decision in heaven concerning you. Amen. And may that decision turn your life around Amen. for the better. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap. have a little volume. Hallelujah. Amen. And Jesus said to him, do you want to be made whole? Or do you want to be made well? Now that is a very interesting question to ask somebody who is not well. Do you want to be made well? Why on earth will Jesus ask that question? It sounds like an unnecessary question. It almost sounds like a foolish question. But ladies and gentlemen, it is not. And there was a reason why Jesus asked that question. Do you want to be made well? Because if you say it is not everybody who wants to be made well. Hallelujah. Amen. It is not everybody who wants to be made well. What are you saying, Pastor? Do you know that sometimes you can become so used to a problem that you have that you feel naked without the problem? 
It's one of the deceptions of the devil. To inflict something on you for a very long time that you begin to think that it is normal for things to be that way. I can bet you today that there are certain blind beggars in town as we speak who may actually not want to see because they realize that because of the problem that they have there's a lot of sympathy that they get and through that sympathy they are able to earn a livelihood and it's like if my eyes open I know my brothers and sisters who can see I am richer than they are so it's okay as it is let me just stay in this situation I'm telling you something very important and that is why if there is a problem you're going through and there's something that you are dealing with which is a source of stress and difficulty for you never get to a point where you become so used to it that you take ownership of that problem and call it your own may God deliver you from such a situation And so Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? Because he knew that it is not everybody who wants to be made well. I'm saying to you again, never get used to your challenges. Never get used to your struggles. Never get used to your problem. Don't use it as a reason to get sympathy and attention. Because God has something better planned for you. Can somebody shout and say, I hear you, pastor. I hear you, pastor. Why did Jesus ask him, do you want to be made well? Because Jesus wanted the man to focus his attention on him and recognize his need for him. Jesus wanted this man who had been lame for 38 years to focus his attention on he, Jesus and recognize his need for him. Another reason why Jesus may have said to him, do you want to be made well? Is because he wanted the man himself to express his frustration and the hopelessness of his situation. He wanted him to recognize what he was going through. That, that, that he wanted him to appreciate the reality of what he was going through. He didn't want him to ignore what was happening to him. He wanted him to recognize his pain, his struggle, how helpless he was. Because till you recognize how hopeless your situation is, you may never seek for the help that you need. And you may never get the help that you need. Getting help begins with recognizing your problem and the difficulty that you are going through. And I believe that another reason why Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? Is that he wanted to stir up hope in the man. Now that hope may be little. But it will be enough for a miracle to occur in his life. 
When you lose hope, nothing good can ever happen to you. No matter how tiny your hope is, keep that hope alive. I said keep that hope alive because your faith is the substance of things hoped for. Where there is no hope, there can be no faith. I'm announcing to somebody today that no matter how bad things are, keep hope alive. No matter how negative things are, keep hope alive. No matter how difficult your situation is, keep hope alive. Do not let your dreams die. I said, do not let your dreams die. It may have been a long time coming. But don't lose your hope. Don't lose your dreams. Don't lose your expectation. Because I know a God who is able to visit you at the time that you did not expect and do exceeding abundantly above all that you have asked or even hoped for. May I tell somebody today that you will go back to school. Amen. May I tell somebody today that your business will rise Amen. up again. May I tell somebody today that your financial situation will get better once Amen. more. May I tell somebody today that your marriage will get better. Amen. May I announce to somebody today that your health will improve. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Tell the person sitting by you, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Don't let your dreams die. Your dreams now die. clap your hands oh, and give praise oh, to the Lord. Verse number eight. Verse number seven, I think. And this verse is where we derive the title of today's sermon from. So pay careful attention to verse seven of John chapter five. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man. What did he say to Jesus? He said, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. So Jesus asked a simple question. That should have been answered with a simple yes or no. But instead of a simple yes or no, he got an explanation and a description and an explanation of what the problem was. You know, this man could have been angry with Jesus for asking him, do you want to be well? He could have said to him, Papa, what do you think I'm doing here? Or you could have said to him, Papa, don't come and add to my frustration. Or you could have said to him, Papa, is there something wrong with you? Have they sent you? They, they've sent you, eh? They've sent you to come and tempt me. Or you could have insulted him big time. There's a word in my mouth, but I can't say it. And I think you know the word that is in my mouth. But because it involves Jesus, I can't say it. He could have insulted him big time. But he did not. Instead, he patiently explained the problem. You know, your problems have a way of making you very patient in life. 
How many can relate with what I'm talking about? Some of the most patient people in this life are people who have been through a lot. Or who are going through a lot. This guy had been waiting for a long time by the pool. And throughout that period, he had learned lessons on patience, temperance, and long suffering. So sometimes out of your pain and out of your struggle, something good can actually come out. And that is why the Bible says to us that, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And so he patiently explained to Jesus. And he said to him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. Whenever the water is stirred and I am about to jump in as I am on my way, somebody overtakes me. Sometimes your progress in life is hindered because everybody else is overtaking you. And another reason for it is because you are too slow. You are too slow. Even though the Bible says the race is not to the swift. It doesn't mean that being fast is not an asset. And I want to say to us this morning. That it may well be that a certain progress and advancement we are expected to have in life is not happening because we are too slow. Too slow with our decisions. Too slow in our thinking. Too slow in our movements. Some of you, you were told about a job that you were supposed to write an application for. One week after they told you about the job, even the application has not been written. He has come to tell you that I want to marry you. You say, wait, I'm coming. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy is a good guy too. But perhaps your mind is set on something that is not real. Your problem is that you are taller than the guy. And in your dreams, the one that you are marrying must be taller than you. He must have body. Because your dream is that on the day you are getting married, as they are taking the pictures, he should be able to carry you. you see? He should be able to do what? Carry you. And then you'll be smiling into the camera. As he's carrying you in his arms. And the people will be playing the song behind, carry me, they go. <laughs> but this guy who has come, He's not the type who carries. If anything at all, you should be carrying him to take the picture. Because of that, yeah, you don't want the guy. And you keep tossing him. No, he's a good guy. His only problem in this life is that he's vertically challenged. And he doesn't have body. But he's a good man. He will love you, Bia. And you take good care of him. Before you realize he's found somebody else. 
And then you will come to your pastor. Or go to your prophet. Pastor, there's something chasing me in this life. Because of that, I can't marry. There's nothing chasing you. There is nothing chasing you, I promise you. It is because you are too slow. You are too slow. Look into the face of the person sitting by you. From today, you will not be too slow again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this guy, before he can get into the water, somebody will bypass him. And this kept happening over and over and over again. May I announce to somebody today that because you came for this service, and you sat in this service. God is giving you the ability to make up ground. Amen. And if in your life it looks as if everybody has passed you by, a certain ability to run fast and catch up and overtake Amen. those ahead of you is coming upon I you. Can it. you lift up your right hand and shout, I receive it three I times. I receive it. Two. I receive it. Three. I receive it. Give the Lord a shout of glory. And he said to Jesus, I have no man. Of everything that he said in this verse, the most significant to me is the statement that I have no man. I have no man. This is a statement that many people can relate to. That I have no man. Now, what does it really mean? When he says, I have no man. Number one, he's saying that I have no help. I have no man means I have no help. I have no help. Many years ago, somebody said something to me that I have never forgotten. He said to me that you are as great as the help you receive. In other words, you can become great if you are helped. And that sometimes in life, the reason why things have stalled for you and why you are not living up to your maximum potential is because you did not have help. Or you do not have help. Brilliant students but there was no help nobody to take care of your fees nobody to give you the push that you need I have no man means I have no help and it is a truth in this life that it is very very difficult to make it in life if you don't have help. God never created us to operate as solitary units. When he created the world and he created Adam, it was only in relation to Adam that he saw something that was not good. Everything else that God made, his assessment of it was, it is good. It is good. But with Adam, he made a statement and said, it is not good. What was not good? Adam was alone. And to understand what it means to be alone, think about what God said when he set out to create Eve for Adam. He said, I will make him a help 
meat for his meat. So God was trying to solve a problem of loneliness. But in solving that problem, he brings up another word, help. And what it means, ladies and gentlemen, that when you don't have anybody, it's like you are alone. And when you are alone, it means you are without help. And that is why one of the most challenging places to ever find yourself in, in this life, is not to have any help. Today, I declare to you that help is coming your way. I declare to you that help is coming your way. In the mighty name of Jesus. So he said, I have no man. Which means I have no help. I have no man means everyone has abandoned me. That's what it means. I have no man. It means everyone has abandoned me. I am sure that this guy had a family. And I'm sure that he had friends. But here he was in a situation there was nobody around to help him get into the water after it had been stayed. Perhaps his family and friends carried him to the pool when they heard about the miraculous healing properties of the water in there. But maybe when they saw the multitudes and when they saw how people were scrambling to get in, maybe after having stayed with the guy for a while, they told themselves that we can't stay here for the rest of our lives. And perhaps one by one, they started leaving him. Till now, he got to a place where he said, I have no man. Which means that everyone has abandoned me. They are tired of me. Tired of my issues. Tired of the complexities of my problems. It's like your issues are too many. Your problem is too complex. Because that's what happens. Which results in people abandoning you. When they feel that what they are dealing with is too complex. And they don't want to get involved in it at all. So when he says, I have no man. In essence, what he's saying is that everybody has abandoned me. Have you been there before? where people abandon you and don't want to have anything to do with you again because you have a problem because you have a difficulty because you're going through a struggle so those who you thought loved you and those you thought cared about you are nowhere to be found. It is one of the most painful things to ever go through in life. He said, I have no man. When he said, I have no man, in effect, he was saying, everyone has forgotten about me. And it's like, I am dead. Because you can get to a point in your life where it's like everybody has forgotten about me. And when that happens, it is like you are dead. It's like you don't exist. They've forgotten that you are there. Forgotten that you exist. Forgotten that you are around. So when this man says, I have no man, what he's also saying is that everybody has forgotten about me. You know, as a pastor, there are times I get messages from people, from different people. On Friday, I got a message from a friend of mine. And this is the message she sent to me. She said, good morning. Respond and say morning. Mm. 
Then he continues and says, Hope you are great. The next statement was, Don't forget me, you. That was the next message that was sent to me. Don't forget me. Then she continues and says, Things are rough for me. Her next statement was, Then she concluded with, Have a beautiful day. But remember me too. And laugh to all. Yeah. So, so this is the message. So the, the message is coded. <laughs> the message is coded. And what the person is saying is that I hope you have not forgotten about me. It's like you know about me. You know about my problems. You know about the difficulties that I'm going through. So please don't forget me. Tell the person sitting by you, please, my brother. Don't forget me. And then turn to the person again and say, hmm. But you see, in life, you can get to a point where it's like everybody's forgotten about you. Nobody remembers you. Your uncle who promised you the world has forgotten completely about you. When he was going to Hamburg, he promised you that be praying for me, eh? In six months, I will make an arrangement. I will send you the money. I will send you 500 euros so that you can start your plantain chips business. Six months, you will hear from me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been five years. I didn't feel no. <laughs> not even one euro <laughs> has found its way. And now when you call, it doesn't go. And your suspicion is that he has blocked you. Because <laughs> he's forgotten about you. Yeah, it can happen to you. Where you get to a stage in your life, you have no man. And it's like everyone has forgotten about you. Then when he says, I have no man. He's saying, I don't have what it takes by myself to change my circumstances. That's what it means. I don't have what it takes by myself to change my circumstances. Because he couldn't help himself. His situation was such that he couldn't help himself. Which means that he did not have anything by himself that he could fall back on to change his circumstances. And so his response to Jesus' question was, I have no man. I have no man. This morning, God has put a word in my mouth for you and has sent me to give you good news that never say again that I have no man because you have somebody. I said because you have somebody. I said because you have somebody. So the question is who do you have? You have Jesus. This Jesus is both man and God. And although all men may abandon you. 
People may forget you. Friends may be gone. Loved ones are lost. There is one who sticks closer than a brother. One who stays true and faithful to the very end. One who has promised that I will never leave you nor forsake you. One who says when you go through the waters, I am there with you. When you pass through the fire, I am there with you. I am presenting to you that friend who sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. Yes, you may not have any man by your side, but you have Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. All the help that you need. All the favor that you need. All the assistance that you need. Shall I receive it? I receive it. So I have good news for you. You have Jesus. And as you put your trust in him. And as you continue to look unto Jesus. Whatever your crisis is. Whatever your difficulty is. Whatever problem you are contending with. Whatever burdens are weighing you down. Whatever struggles you are facing in your life. I present to you Jesus. The one who will give you and bring you all the help that you need. And just as Jesus located this man who had been crippled for 38 years. I see him locating you this morning. It is interesting to note. That it appears that the only person whom Jesus healed that day was this guy. Remember that there was a great multitude at the pool. Many crippled people. Many blind people. Many sick people. But some way, somehow, Jesus bypassed everybody else and went to just this guy and ministered to him. May the favor of God locate you out of a multitude. And may that favor result in God doing something in your life that you have been waiting a long time for. It may be true that you have no man, but you have Jesus on your side. And right now, I see a meeting being called up in heaven with your name coming up. And a miracle being dispatched in your direction. May you receive a divine visitation in these days to come. And may God step into your situation and turn things around for you. May the mercy of God locate you. May the mercy of God find you in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, I have no man, but I announce to you today that you have somebody, that you have Jesus. And very soon, that miracle that you await will be manifested in your life. Shall I receive it in Jesus' name? Rise up to your feet, my friends. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. And pray and speak to the Lord and ask that he will show you favor. And that he will show you mercy in these days. In the name of Jesus. Speak to the Lord right now. Speak to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. Cry out to the Lord and say, favor me, O God. Favor my cause, O God. Look in my direction. Make me an object of your attention. Do me good. Visit me with your mercy. In the mighty name of Jesus, cry out to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm the one that you have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. 
I'm the one, I'm the one that you have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. Lift your hands and testify to the Lord and say, I'm the one that you have shown me mercy, Lord. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. Oh, I'm the one. I am the one, Lord. I'm the one that you have shown me mercy. Oh, you have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. Oh, sing again. I'm the one. I'm the one that you have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me one more time. Say, I'm the one. You have. You have shown me. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray for you this morning. You want to say, Pastor? Pastor Sofo. I've been touched by the word of God. And you have narrated the story of my life. I've not had a certain kind of help all my life. And I have nobody. Nobody to help me. Nobody to assist me. And I've had to struggle by myself for the most part of my life. My brother, my sister, this morning I present to you Jesus. He is a very present help in the time of need. And he is all the help you need in your life. But I want to find out from you. Have you received Jesus as Lord and Savior? Have you surrendered your life to him? Because that is the first important step that you have to take in order to receive his help in your life. Do not exit the service without giving your heart to Jesus. And this morning I'm here to pray with you. Somebody invited you to church. You did not come by accident. God has a plan for your life. And that is why you are here this morning. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and receive his help in your life, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. I see your hands. God bless you. I see your hands. Oh, lift them up very clearly. Don't be shy. Don't, don't be intimidated. Jesus is looking for your attention. He's asking you, will you be made? whole today. And as you lift your hand to him, you are acknowledging your need for him. That you need him like never before. God bless you. I see your hands lifted. Now, if you've lifted your hands, I need you to do one more thing for me. I want you to move from your chair wherever you are standing and come to me right now. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me, come to me right now. If you've lifted your hand, come to me now. Come to Jesus now. Come to Jesus now. Clap for them as they come right now. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you thanks and I give you praise. If you are watching me this morning, and you know that you know deep inside of you that Jesus is not the Lord of your life. What it means is that you'll be cut off from all the help that you could receive. Because without him in your life, nothing will 
will work out. And your life will be full of frustration. And your life will be meaningless. If you're watching us, please lift up your hand right where you are. And as I lead these wonderful brethren to pray, I want you to join in this prayer as well. Let's all encourage them and pray together. Please say this prayer with me and pray from your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, this morning, I come to you just as I am. I realize, Jesus, that I need you. I realize, Jesus, that I am a sinner. That I have a lot of sins. But thank you, Jesus, that you came to die for me. Today, I accept your sacrifice. I accept your love. And I accept your help. I open my heart to you. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Oh God, please receive me as your child. And for the rest of my life, I will serve you. I will follow you. And please, Jesus, be that present help in my time of need. I am looking to you. I am placing my faith in you. I am crying out to you. Make a way for me where there seems to be no way and make my life beautiful. From today, I am yours and you are mine. Please write my name in the book of life. Today, 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 this day, Saturday, on the 19th of March, 2023, I am saved. I am saved. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody shout aloud. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.